Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one audio source for Harry Potter news, theories, discussion, as well as info straight from the makers of the books and films themselves, like me, Matt Lewis. I play Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films, and I'm very happy to be here helping introduce your hosts, the Pottercast trio, Melissa, John, and Sue. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Matt. See you later. Okay, I'll see you later. I'm going to hang out in the Pottercast green room for a bit. We have the best green room of all the podcasts, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. We do, because it's blue. It is a blue green room. This podcast, if you've been to podcast.com, is yes, blue. It's indigo. Indigo? That's not indigo. It's, I know, I know what indigo it's is. It's Ravenclaw blue, John. Come on. <laughs> like Ravenclaw's. a navy. <laughs> Come on. Sure. Ravenclaw is like the only house that's pretty much unrepresented among us. The Ravens? Yeah. Nick R. Nick R and Nick P are and definitely Nick a are programmers. Yeah. Ravenclaws. What yeah. the hell? They're like super Ravenclaws. They are. I don't know how they do what they do. <laughs> they are. And they're, they're, they fight over a show. Anyway, guess guess which pod, Pottercast this is. Mm. Uh-oh. Let's let's consult our handy-dandy <laughs> calendar here. It's a very special one. Hey, is it 55? It's 55! 55! Oh, my gosh. Pottercast 55. 55. 55. I haven't said that in a long time. I know. I haven't said 50 in a long time Since either. Like, couple weeks yeah whole months it's crazy so to celebrate fitty will be joining us no oh no she has better <laughs> things wish. to do sadly like answer joe's mail and <laughs> yeah all that pretty stuff. much you know write some chapters <laughs> goes she, she goes writes half the book yeah it's sure a, it's a, it's a why don't you start that rumor and see and see what phone calls you get <laughs> i would love to see the email Can't actually telling wait. us to, to squash the rumor Actually, wait. as oh. flattering as that is, no, I do not ghostwrite any of the Harry Potter books. Uh. <laughs> no, that's not the way that email's going to go. <laughs> is it going to be in caps? The email's going to be in caps. All caps. <laughs> All caps. Oh, wow. All caps. Oh, yeah, okay, so, podcast number 55. Let's see what we got coming up here. We have a really great fan interview for you this week, very timely, uh-huh. with a priest who, um, who posts on our forum. His name yes. is Stuart Krebcor, and he talks all about the hang-ups that the Catholic priests sometimes, sometimes, not all the times, have with Harry Potter, and more on that in the news wrap. You'll understand why. Stuart Krebcor. Uh, Stuart Krebcor. <laughs> Don't make fun of the priests! I'm not making fun of the priests. I'm making fun okay. of our episode one. Okay. Well, also, also, we have a canon conundrums. It's all about Voldemort and what his final plan is. Egged on, again, timely, mm-hmm. because... J.K. Rowling just recently said that Voldemort will be getting some leg room in book seven, and so we talked all about what that might be. We're timely. We all, we're timely this week. It's timely. It's 55 is timely. It's pretty much. And it so might even come out on time this week. No, it, it might even. So I think it's time. Oh, look at that. To go one. to Sue's news. Give us some news, Sue's. Let's hear it. And that's right. There is a bit of news this week, guys, starting with some book news about a victory for Voldemort. Readers in a poll have voted Lord Voldemort as their favorite literary villain. Uh, Congratulations, I guess. In comments thanking the voters of The Big Bad Read, author J.K. Rowling mentioned her work on Book 7 and a bit more about you-know-who. She said, quote, Lord Voldemort requires my constant presence at the moment as his dark plans are unfolding in all their grisly glory. 
I hope those of you who voted for him in The Big Bad Read enjoy reading about him in Book 7, where he finally gets the legroom for which he has been aching during all those years in exile. End quote. In a related note, Joe attended a tea party in Edinburgh for the release of the new movie Driving Lessons, where she has been reported to say that Book 7 is up to about 750 pages. Leakey is attempting to verify these comments and we'll update you with more when we can. Turning to film news now, we saw a new interview with the actor who will play a young Snape in the upcoming Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix movie. Alec Hopkins says that he spoke with actor Alan Rickman about the role of Snape, and Mr. Rickman gave him some pointers on things such as how Snape would walk and hold himself like keeping a straight back. There are also a few new set reports and photos online now of filming which took place at King's Cross Station in London last week, where we saw our first yet blurry look at the R. Kingsley Shacklebolt, who was played by actor George Harris. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is due to be in theaters next July. Actor Dan Ratcliffe is keeping busy these days away from Harry Potter. In addition to taking on a new movie called My Boy Jack, Dan has also taped an appearance on the Ricky Gervais comedy program called Extras. Along with two new interviews about his role in the comedy show, which are now online, a clip from Dan's appearance is also now available. A caution does go to parents, however, as this video does contain mature material of a sexual nature and is not suitable for younger viewers. This episode of Extras will air Thursday, September 28th on BBC Two at 9 p.m. Finally, press coverage of the new Rupert Grint, Julie Walters film, Driving Lessons, does continue, and there are now several new interviews with him online. One interview especially asked the question of Julie Walters regarding the Bogart in the cupboard scene. This is, of course, from the Chapter 9, The Woes of Mrs. Weasley from Order of the Phoenix. You can read all these interviews with them and much more by clicking on leakingnews.com, which is updated daily. And now, that's it for the news, guys. Back with the show. Welcome back. Good news, Suze. Thanks, Sue. Lots of news. That's good. Lots of you know, it's interesting news, news this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, uh, when Melissa did the news, the Suze news, she got uh, some... Some what? what oh, I love it? that mail. It's 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 <laughs> mail from the people who know the show better than we do. <laughs> Apparently, that's, that's the mail. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Let me tell you, you didn't include this in this news item. We want Sue back. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, we don't. This is not. It's not like I forgot. There was a choice there sure. not to include certain news items. I do know what day the show came out, and therefore from yeah. what day to do the news. You know, but but it's just not the same without Sue. I think well, that was the, the point. Well, moral story is making. you can't do Sue's news without Sue's. And still well, I even Sue's news and call yourself Sue's in the news. Well, I even named the file Sue's news by Sue's news by Melissa when I uploaded it. Oh, yeah. well, that was nice. That's cool. <laughs> well, because well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it used to be called the leaky lowdown, but yeah. it did, and that got that went out the, the window when Sue when Sue started. Yeah, I just doing kept calling her Sue's news. Yeah, pretty much. So, so Sue, I mean, there's just so much juicy news this week, wow. so where should we start? Juicy, well, juicy. The best part, I think, was hearing from Joe. The, the, uh, we had to say why sort we of. heard from Joe to begin with, that there was a uh, poll that Bloomsbury had set up called the Big Bad Read, where um, readers could choose for their favorite, if you can use that word, favorite, literary villain, and Ooh. Lord Voldemort won. <laughs> so he's <laughs> no the top. Way. Yeah, He's number one. Villain. I bet he was thrilled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe wrote he some won the overlord comments. Pageant. Oh, she did. <laughs> I love when she can just sort of freely write. It's yeah. Just yeah. seeing her have fun like that. Is, yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know, it, she, she was making jokes like how he would be mad that the muggles, you know, he won a muggle poll. And I just think that's that was funny. But the, the, the key part, though, that she does go on to say that Lord Voldemort requires my constant presence at the moment as his dark plans are unfolding in all their grisly glory. Mm. 
And then she goes on to say where he... I hope all of you who voted for him in the Big Bad Read enjoy reading about him in Book 7, where he finally gets the leg room for which he has been aching for during all those years in exile. Oh, oh, I know. Oh. Sorry. True. Well, I want to discuss it at length here, but yes. our entire canon conundrums is about this this week. Mm-hmm. The entire That's thing. That's awesome. And it's long and detailed. And yeah. I mean, John, you didn't get to be in canon I wasn't around. This week. Where was I? I was having a birthday, I think. You were. John was oh. having a birthday. Well, okay. Well, Lord Voldemort, all about that later on. Let's yeah. save that good, juicy conversation for... Well, oh, but there was I'm more sad. about books, though. We did have something more about books this week, and it's kind of... <laughs> okay, Joe, there's a report out that Joe has was at a T for the release of The Driving Lessons, which is the Rupert Grant movie that we... <laughs> at a T. <laughs> a T party. It's so funny <laughs> how they say that. <laughs> I'm at a tea. I'm at a tea. What are you gonna say? The tea party, John? No, it's like it's like I'm I'm going to a pizza. Maybe go somewhere <laughs> and eat pizza. I'm going to a pizza. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to a pizza today. Well, and later I'm gonna go to a taco. No, you're not. No. <laughs> what? Did you hear that, everyone? He said the word no. taco. <gasps> Only one they're from not. Chipotle. Chipotle no. makes. This is why it happens. Oh. When you get a burrito and you don't have room for two burritos, you can get a burrito and a tacos. And then you can have smaller quantities of the same ingredients. Okay, so oh. what happened with this news item, Sue? Um, she has is quoted as saying, "I'm up to about seventy or seven hundred and fifty pages now, but I'm not telling anyone what happens to Harry." This is what they said. No, 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 no. This is what they. I mean, I will be so surprised if she actually said this to a journalist when we didn't even, if you remember, mm-hmm. it was like only like a month before Half-Life Prince came out that we even knew how many pages were in it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to give She's gonna tell no, it'd be like She probably leaned over and was like, if you can keep a secret, oh, yeah, I've t- actually written 750 pages. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, oh, no problem. As he, you know, grabs a pen out of his hat with a little card in it. And yeah. That says, doesn't. You know, yeah. I mean. And it's I'm not some- a reporter. <laughs> He's, he works for a tabloid, and it's it's not like a main. He's he's a columnist, and and it's just you know I I don't know, but anyway, she, hey, listen, if she's yeah. halfway through and she's at seven hundred and fifty pages, I say bring it on, absolutely, as many pages yeah. as you want. Will well, read. how many pages were in Goblet of Fire? Six hundred, no, seven hundred and twelve in the how US many edition. Were in I Phoenix? believe. Well, nine hundred and right, no, eight ninety. Well, because if she's at seven fifty and she's only halfway done, then what the world? No, I mean, I don't think, I mean, right, a 1,500-page book, you're talking about a book that's awesome. That's 150% of Order of the Phoenix. Right. Which, yeah, oh, she my says, God. Well, I'm more than that, even double. A 1,500-page book, but I'm going to increase it to size 24 font, just to help uh, my listeners, my, my readers get through uh, the book right. a little easier. Well, I mean, we don't... <laughs> Yeah, there's so many there's so many things that we just don't know about this 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 thing. I mean, you know, she's handwriting it. I mean, she, Joe is very I mean, we've had that incident before when she's she ran out of paper and earlier this year, sure. I mean, we don't so we don't know what that's going to correlate when she get it. It's, I mean, I know our readers were saying, "Well, once you get a double space and all this, you know, everyone's like trying to decipher what's it going to be, you know. It's really funny." <laughs> right. Once, you get, once you get it typed up in double space, it's like 300 pages, blah blah blah. Well, she writing yeah. cursive. She she writes the book longhand and when it's time to go to the publishers it right she, she types it when she writes um, the the chapters about the romance do you suppose she dots the eyes with little hearts <laughs> harry jenny love <laughs> do you suppose yeah I, I think she does john 
I probably, she probably has fun with it. She's thinking this is her last book. A little arrow through him, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Totally. Yeah. You know how Scholastic, the, the, the books have... Um, John. <laughs> they actually do play with the fonts and they and they they put in images and stuff unlike yeah. the, unlike the Bloomsbury editions. That's what that's what's going to happen, John. Every time it's a lovey thing, there's going to be a little <laughs> heart, a little arrow through it. I know they're actually going to adjust the printing process to make all those words pink <laughs> in the book. <laughs> it's going to increase the cost of the book to about forty two dollars, but it'll be worth it to see the pink special pink version of the book. That's it's what the, the, yeah, book. Yeah. the special okay. edition. We don't need any more artwork from Mary Grand Prix. I want to see the pink letters for the deluxe edition. Thanks. Okay. So what else important this week? We actually did see some new photos from filming for Phoenix. And we also heard from the guy who plays young Snape, which I thought was actually pretty cool. His name is Alec Hopkins. Mm -hmm. And he said he he spoke a little bit about, because he's playing young Snape in in the pensive scene where they do the, the flashback. And he talked about, his conversation, just like briefly that he spoke with Alan and that Mr. Rickman gave him some pointers about his character and how he could walk and hold himself. No, Isn't that cool? I mean, that's cool for being Alan Rickman. That's all yeah. doubly cool for Alan Rickman being one of the few people in the world that know more about Snape one than any other One of the two people in the world reader. who know more about yeah. Snape. I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty much Joe and him. That's it. Yeah. True. I yeah. suppose. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, some of the editors are... Mm-mm. Possibly Mackenzie. So. Possibly Mackenzie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I think Arthur Levine said once, or it might have been the, the the British editor, but I think one of them said that they were told how the whole story happens, like early on when mm-hmm. she t- didn't expect this to go this way. Yeah, they she told the and and they forgot it. <laughs> uh, well, no, you you got to think. Well, how do you forget something that says and at the end Harry dies? You don't forget that, Arthur Levine. Right. Well, Maybe you're not going to remember how it all that. happens. Yeah. Well, well that's, that's exactly not, I mean, right. But, so. not, not that part, but uh, how the whole, well, sure. you know, what the big twist is, what the big yeah. anything. It's like, anyway. oh, and at the end, they're going to get all the all the horcury out of the safety deposit box at Gringotts and set a detonator to it. And then there'll be three chapters of weddings at the very end. That'd be great. That'd be that'd be kind of lame. Uh, well, it'll all be in that postscript, you know, like so and so married so and so, and then they all had their babies. Is and... there gonna be an epilogue? Like... That's what she said. She said the book's chapters, uh, the last chapter is is mm-hmm. like a wrap up. Um, a very dear person was telling me her theory about um, the epilogue was that if they're writing an epilogue, then doesn't that mean that these people had Harry is at least alive? No. no, because in the beginning, in the beginning of no, because in the beginning of four, it's not in his perspective, and she's done other things that are, haven't been in his perspective. So if there's one place where she can really get away with it not being in his perspective, it's the apple. I mean, she can mm, get away right, with it. There's right. no, you know. I just think it. I'd be I'd be weird to read an epilogue where your main character is gone. Because then, what's the point of the epilogue then? To tell the simple what answer happened- to see what everybody else. Yeah, because now the character's gone and he can't tell you. So, but don't talk like this. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Stop. That's what I'm okay. saying. That's, that's I'm saying in support that Harry can't die. Well, I mean, I don't think that's evidence, but I don't don't think Harry's going to die. Well, that and Arthur pretty much said that if Harry dies, that he's not going to he's going to drop her from his no, label. Stop. He's like, I don't need Harry Potter if he's going to die. Arthur Levine, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. I don't need those hundreds of millions of dollars. No. 
No thanks. Take your book somewhere else, lady. What else is important, Sue? Well, there's just two more things. One, just because I enjoy this. They had a, and all the, the press that they were doing for driving lessons, um, one of the websites uh, got an interview with Mrs. Weasley, Julie, and they asked her, finally someone asked her, are you going to do the Bogart scene? The woes of Mrs. Oh. Weasley in the right. movie. And she said, oh, we can't say that. But the the reporter said she has a, a, a hint of recognition in her eyes, but she was being, but oh, I would they have to do that. They have it's to. It's very good news if she knew what she was talking about. Yeah. Right. Very often, these adult actors, they're not going to remember these little things from right. the books that weren't mentioned in their scripts. Mm-hmm. So right. So the fact that she knew about that bodes mm-hmm. very well that that could be in the movie. Yeah. I think so. But that's not a little thing. That's a huge, that's a huge. I mean, if you're Mrs. Weasley, if you play Mrs. Weasley and you're reading that book, there's no way that's a little thing at oh, all. Absolutely. That's oh, one of her you know? biggest moments. Yeah. So, I mean, she could just remember it from the book. So, sure. But it's such an emotional moment. I mean, it means, I mean, just just very, you know. It's like such a big moment because it's as it, we actually get to see some really good acting from these adult actors. Yeah. And, you know, Mrs. Weasley does a great job, or, you know, yeah. Julie with her part. Yeah. But, um, I mean, she hasn't had to do a whole lot of anything strenuous as far as acting no. goes, other than looking like a little fangirl for Lockhart and this and that, but... Right. Yeah, but Julie Walters is a magnificent actress. Oh, totally. And this is. is a perfect uh, oh. opportunity for her to actually show her stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. why I loved I loved the Shrieking Sex scene so much is because you had all those people in there just spitting it out and just killing those lines. It was awesome. Yeah. But we can only hope. I just hope that, it, I hope that it's in. I mean, oh, man. I don't know. And one more thing. One of news. Melissa, I don't know. Do we want to talk about the report from... The exorcist to the Pope. Well, we have, yeah, the, (laughs) I love, let me tell you what I love about my fellow journalists. Let me tell you what I love Mm -hmm. when they are down for a story and they dig through archives and they repackage old news Uh and put a new headline on it and stick it in the newspaper. And then it causes this ripple effect. And suddenly we have this whole big, the Pope hates Harry Potter kind of story again. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's explain what happened. Yeah. Reverend Gabriel Amorth, who is the chief exorcist for Pope Benedict, said in a Vatican, in an interview with Vatican Radio at some point that he compared Harry Potter to the devil and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. He hates Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah, we get it. Mm-hmm. Sue, our lovely Sue, goes, gets like a, like a, like a nag about this because it's very, very controversial. People are flipping right. out in the comment, in our mm-hmm. comments on Leaky. She does some research. She discovers that the exact same comments were from X many years ago or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's reeking badly of repackaged news. We yes. can't say for certain because I'm, he yeah. might have said the exact same words over again. Right. But it's re- reeking badly of just this. Oh, one of these situations where they just want a Potter story and they, mm-hmm. they find it, you know? Well, what yeah. I heard from my sources is that um, this, this comments were made very shortly after Joe's reading in New York. And as soon as, Joe said with absolute certainly certainty that it was indeed going to be Ron and Hermione. He just lost it and decided <laughs> that you know the whole series was a bunch of evil nonsense, and that's and that she he, was a hack and yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much totally. That anyone mm-hmm. who can't see Harry and Hermione, this every, you know the book must be you know yeah totally no absolutely. I mean totally no that, yeah so I mean please everybody. I think I think the Potter universe just sort of gets this once in a while. We have to get our blood boiling sure. over this anti-Catholic sentiment. When listen, I'm I'm Catholic. I'm Roman I'm Catholic. Catholic. Me too. John's Catholic. Sue's Catholic. Look, three Catholics. 
Catholics in a room. I gotta go to there church go. in the morning. Be Catholic. <laughs> so Catholic I am. And 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 clearly we like Harry Potter. So mm-hmm. I mean, literally, clearly, pretty we're much. all going to hell. But <laughs> Stop we'll, that. we'll have a good company. We are not. <laughs> we are not. So, uh, Harry Potter is one of the most moral. Oh, things. absolutely, it is. Just... And I get, I get, I get infuriated. But you don't want to start <laughs> me on this conversation on yeah. Pottercast. I get infuriated oh. at this stuff. So anyway. Yeah, I, th- I think it's time to move on. What do yeah. you guys think? I think so, Hell too. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Good stuff we have. Speaking of that, we're going right into the fan interview mm-hmm. with our our resident leaky priest. It's perfect lead-in. It is. Perfect. Don't ask for anything better. That's right. Except when it you call the lead-in a lead-in, which breaks it all, being a lead-in. And oh. all well, we're not going to lead. What we're just going to do is lean the microphone over to Kimmy and uh, Stuart, and they're going to go for it. Or Father. Or, gosh, yeah. I feel so disrespectful. Stuart, we're not making fun of you. It's it's an old joke on Pottercast. We said Stuart Craig in yeah. the first episode. You, Stuart you know Craig being the uh, the art director. But you have just such a similar name. Oh my god. Yeah. Stuart Craig. Okay. Bye. Bye. In the fan corner, a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week. Not me. Not Hermione. You. Hello, this is Kimberly Blair, otherwise known as Kimmy Blair on the forums, and I am here today with Father Stuart Krevkor, who is a Catholic priest of the Diocese of Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, otherwise known as Mr. McGonagall on the forums. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kimmy. It's good to hear. Good to hear. Um, now, there are several different issues that, well, not issues, but several different topics that we want to discuss today. Um, I know that one of the things that people kind of want to hear something about is the recent story that came out about how the exorcist of the Catholic Church feels about Harry Potter, that Harry Potter himself is the devil. Anything that you can add to this story for us? Yeah, I remember hearing about it when it first broke. It, they did just a little news blurb on the Today Show, and I heard it, and I thought, well, I thought this is going to be people. Are, it's going to be all over the fan sites before long, and news sources and things like that, because it tends to get really blown out of proportion. Because if people remember, a few years ago, there was also the spokesman for the Pontifical Council of Culture of the Catholic Church, who actually, in a news interview, was asked a question about Harry Potter and responded in a very approving fashion. And, you know, all the news headlines said, oh, the Pope approves of Harry Potter, which the Pope had never really said anything. And even the Vatican exorcist was really expressing his personal opinion. And a lot of people listen to him because he's very highly placed. But at the same time, it's still something that's just a private opinion. And I know I know a lot of people priests in the church and things who are just all over the board when it comes to Harry Potter. Some people who love it, some people who have no real experience with it at all and don't have an opinion, and other people who you know, just really don't like Harry Potter at all. Um, of course, I fall into the category of those who absolutely love Harry Potter and am a total fan and addict. I think that's that's a good group to be in, since I am only slightly, slightly, slightly obsessed, just, just a little bit. <laughs> now, um, as you mentioned, some people... In your past, have been kind of surprised that you are a Harry Potter fan. Um, this is, I would imagine, due to the fact that some Christians have kind of issues with the Harry Potter series. You know, they don't agree with them for different reasons. Um, do you, have you run across any of these particular beliefs or 
any of these different issues that Christians themselves kind of have with the series? Yeah, I've been asked a lot of questions. A lot of times it's by parents who are wondering, you know, is it okay to let my kids read Harry Potter or for me to read Harry Potter to them? And a lot of the concerns that they've had, you know, it, it deals with the, the occult. And, you know, the stories include a lot of magic and witchcraft. And, you know, is this introducing the kids to something they shouldn't be introduced to? But I know from growing up myself that I read stories about witches and fairies and leprechauns and magic growing up, and I seem to have turned out okay. And so I told them, I said, you know, this is just a part of children's literature. And as J.K. Rowling herself has pointed out, you know, if we eliminated magic from, you know, any of the stories that our kids read, children's literature would be a little tiny shelf in the library because there's not a lot that doesn't deal with a lot of imagination and magic and things like that. Uh, other people have had um, a concern over the, over the fact that, you know, Harry as the hero of the series has character flaws. And I said, well, that's what makes him real. I said, it's, you're able to identify with Harry and understand both his good and his bad qualities because, you know, J.K. Rowling has said, you know, the, the morality really arises from the story. Um, especially early in the series, people were sometimes concerned that when they would read the first book, you know, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, that there was a lack of a definitive victory of good over evil because Harry sort of has a partial victory over Voldemort at the end, but Voldemort is still alive and out there. And I said, well, after I had started reading the books, I told them, I said, but the problem is you're judging the story on one seventh of it. I said, you know, J.K. Rowling does not finish telling it. I think we're still going to see a definitive victory of, of good over evil. And certainly you can see that that's the way it's tending. But I said, you know, you can't judge a story before it's finished being told either. You mentioned some of the, the issues that Christians tend to have with these books. Do you s happen to see any different themes where we know that J.K. Rowling doesn't expressly put religion in the book. She kind of goes out of her way to avoid that, which is, is good. Um, but do you see any themes of Christianity that are in these books? I think so, certainly on, on a broad level, because... We don't see explicitly Christian themes because J.K. Rowling is not writing a Christian allegory. Um, you know, we're not necessarily meant to see Harry as a Christ figure. And, you know, the morality is not, she's not writing the story to be sort of a morality play um, or to push a certain morality, but the morality arises from the story itself. And there are a lot of themes that I think are, are very compatible with a Christian understanding. That's good to hear. Okay. Now, as we're talking about sort of more Christian themes, there are often a lot of different themes that we see in the real world that are in Harry Potter, um, such as death, love, and sacrifice. How is it that you feel these three different themes and perhaps some others really generally apply to Harry and the story that J.K. Rowling is telling? Well, I think, you know, the themes of death, love, and sacrifice, I mean, these have been a part of good storytelling for ages and ages and ages. And certainly there are also very Christian themes. And I think that certainly the way in which J.K. Rowling is presenting them in the series is very consonant with a Christian understanding of, of those themes. Um, I mean, the series really begins you know, with the, the death of the Potters uh, and Harry miraculously surviving a, a killing curse. And he survives it because of his mother's love for him and the fact that she sacrifices her life for him uh, when, she, when Voldemort gives her the choice. And she sacrifices her for her son and it gives him this 
invincible power of, of love. Um, and so certainly those, I think, are, are important themes in general in storytelling, but certainly very important from a Christian perspective as well. Um, in fact, you know, I don't think that we're going to see Pope Benedict write an encyclical about Harry Potter anytime in the near future, but his first encyclical was on the theme of love. Oh. Um, so obviously these are important themes um, for, for Christians, and certainly I think that what we see of those themes in the series are, a, a Christian can certainly see those and, and learn and J.K. Rowling, I think, challenges us to, to really plumb the depths of those themes of death, love, and sacrifice, because she doesn't think that stories should present just these nice, trite little morals, but that it should, her stories really make us think and feel very deeply about these issues. And even though, you know, we might class the the Harry Potter series as as literature for children and young adolescents. You know, at the same time she's always said that, you know, children should read stories that treat very seriously of these subjects um, and that make them think and, and encounter these things because we don't give kids enough credit for really being able to, to cope with those issues and to learn about them. Yeah. Um, there's this tendency to want to protect kids from things that as adults, we might think were harmful, but at the same time, you know, J.K. Rowling has has woven them into a story so beautifully that we can learn and and really explore and and experience those things as we journey with Harry through his story. Yeah, I think definitely when you mention love, it's very important in this books to sh- just know how much it is that Harry's parents loved him. They loved him so much, obviously, that his mother sacrificed herself for for Harry, you know, so he could go on and live. So I think that relationship between Harry and his parents is definitely very, very important into the series, perhaps because, you know, Joe herself saw the passing of her mother. And so I think that really affected her and things like that. So there are different things that we learn about the relationship with Harry and his parents. Sure. I think in a lot of ways, the the whole series revolves in a sense almost around Harry and his, his coming to, to understand who his parents were and who he is in, in relationship to them. Because I mean, Harry, when we first are introduced to him in the first book, he doesn't know anything about his parents, maybe other than their names. Because his aunt and uncle have lied to him his entire life and told them that his parents died in a car crash. And that was how he got his scar and everything else. And then suddenly one day he finds out he's a wizard. And when he re-enters then the magical world, he starts... People there know the story of his parents, and he begins to get more and more of an understanding. And especially by the time we get to, I think, Prisoner of Azkaban, that's sort of the high point of of Harry's identification with his father. Because Harry's never had a real father figure at all in his life. Certainly, at the age that he is in the Prisoner of Azkaban, he's really identifying closely with his father. I mean, the thought of his father is makes him so proud, and he identifies so closely with his father. And I think what we've begun to see already in Half-Blood Prince, and I think it's going to come even more into the fore in Book 7, is Lily Potter is still sort of that missing part of the triangle. I mean, Harry knows that his mother loved him so much that she sacrificed herself in order to save him, and that it has given him that her love sort of lives in, in his veins. But a child is always the child of two parents, and I think we're going to see a lot more of the Lily side of Harry in Book 7 as he comes to a deeper understanding of who his mother was. Yeah, especially as you mentioned, um, Prisoner of Azkaban being the high point of Harry's identification with his father. You see that, I believe, most in 
you know, his patron, his patronus being prongs, which was his father's, um, animagus form. And not only that, he himself thought his father was there that night, but he was just seeing himself. That's, that's very deep in him identifying with his father. Um, throughout the first two books, he has no real sort of male role model, but it's really after the prison of Azkaban where he gets serious and he gets Lupin sort of as role models kind of filling that role for him where he's never really had that before. Um, now you mentioned a lot of how you believe his identification with his mother will kind of be some of the backstory that we'll be seeing in, in the book seven, which I really hope because we've seen Petunia and we kind of seen a lot of mystery with her. We know that she is Lily's sister, but we don't, we don't really know more, much more than that about Lily and her family. Um, so I really hope that we get to see some more of that in the book what kind of what kind of things do you think and really hope that we'll be seeing about Lily and her backstory in this last book as it comes to the end? I think that we're going to see Petunia come forward with some information about Lily that she will pass on to Harry before he sets off on the great quest to, to find the Horcruxes and before he sets out for Godric's Hollow. Because I think that Petunia and Harry are going to have to have some sort of heart-to-heart um, before he he really sort of leaves the Dursley household forever. I mean, he's going back there one more time before he, he sets off on the final part of his quest. And I think that he's... There, whatever it is that we you know still do not really know about Petunia, I really think a lot of it might be how she really felt about her sister, things that she may know about her sister that were not necessarily quite as common knowledge, maybe even in the wizarding world. But it's going to be things, I think, that are going to get Harry a lot more intrigued about who his mother was. And it... Who knows, it may even have a lot to do with the, the progress of the story. Um, but Lily is such a fascinating so do you, character. Do you think, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but do you think um, that the fact that Harry is going back to um, the Dursley's house one more time is really, it's really kind of necessary and so, sort of to push the storyline forward? I think so. Because of the information he'll be yeah, getting Yeah, I think there? part of it, of course, is, you know, Dumbledore had wanted the blood charm to work as long as it possibly could for Harry to be protected you know, up until his coming of age um, to keep him as safe as possible as long as he can. And Harry knew that. Um, but I think it also his going back to the Dursleys is also going to serve a dual purpose that you know, we're going to see there, there's J.K. Rowling has told us that there's something about Petunia you know, that we have yet to know. Um, and really, I think a lot of it is finding out you know, what she can tell Harry about her sister um, that in a lot of ways is kind of for, two, for it's a time for Petunia in her character, you know, to really come forward and share with Harry what she really thought about her sister. There may even be information that she knows about her sister and her friends. I mean, everybody still wonders, you know, who was that awful boy? You know, was it James Potter? Was it Snape? Mm-hmm. Was it oh, yeah. somebody else, you know, from the school who was that awful boy? So mm-hmm. there are things that Petunia may know that wouldn't even be common knowledge in the wizarding world. Yeah. Because yeah, we start to find things out in Half-Blood Prince about Lily because she was, a Slughorn just thought the world of her. And she was the best student that he, he ever had. And she was such a bright and talented girl. And everybody loved Lily Potter. Um, and I think that in a lot of ways, Harry is is really going to become 
he there's still that part of him that needs to identify and and appreciate his mother on a deeper level um because we we haven't really seen it because he's tended to be more focused on his father in the middle part of the series up until he discovers that in book five that yeah my dad had some serious character flaws too and my goodness how could my mother have ever loved a jerk like that um but he's going to find out more i think about you know who his parents really were and what their kind of relationship was and that that's going to be very important for helping him to be I think emotionally and psychologically prepared for his final confrontation with Voldemort. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you have made several great, interesting points, and I really hope that, uh, as you say, J.K. Rowling really does cover Lily and Petunia more because I think those are really, really interesting points and something that if she does, then a lot of people are going to close book seven at the end and be like, "Wow, well, I just I kind of wanted to know more about this," you know. But now, speaking of book seven. Um, there are some people, as J.K. Rowling has mentioned, some people are going to live, some people are going to die. It's come to the point of the fan interview where I ask you your thoughts on this matter. The infamous live or die segment. Are you prepared to you get your notes? I think I am ready. Although I always hate, I always hate to think about who's going to live or die because, of course, I don't want any of the good characters to die. Well, the, I, there are some baddies that I do want to die, but the, the good ones, which we all know... Some of them, you know, as Dumbledore has died and Sirius has died. Some of the good ones won't be making it, but... Yeah. I mean, I was devastated enough when Amelia Bones and uh, Emmeline Vance died, and so I don't know what I would do if somebody even more important in Harry's life died. So, someone important like um, Hermione? Live? Die? Hermione, I think, will live. Okay. Now, Ron... Ron, I think, will live, because I tend to agree with the person who did a fan interview a few months back who said that Ron and Hermione, you know, they have to live because they've got to have lots of bushy, red-haired children. I think that's I just that's just got to happen. Um, how about some of the other Weasleys? We have Mr. Weasley. Arthur Weasley. Ooh, that's a good one. I think he, I think he will live. Okay, how about Percy? Percy, I think... I think Percy will probably also live, and I'm hoping we see him really come around and see a better side of his character develop. Mm-hmm. How about um, someone we saw a little bit in the last book, but not much? Professor Umbridge. Oh, gosh. It's really hard to say that you really want her to live. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's just so dislikable that, yes. I mean, it, it wouldn't be, I guess, the worst thing in the world if, you know, a stray Avada Kedavra maybe took her out. But I, I really don't think that she's going to be that much of a target because, if anything, she probably helps Voldemort's cause simply by messing things up. Mm-hmm. So I can't really see him going after her. How about um, Lucius Malfoy? Ooh, that's a good one because, I mean, it's a real question of whether he's going to get out of Azkaban or not. Um I rather think Lucius Malfoy is probably going to live. Mm-hmm. Okay, Snape? Ooh, that's another really good one. I think Snape may die. Mm-hmm. I think that he will finally strike a blow for the good. He's, he's one of those characters that it's really hard to actually like him mm-hmm. as a person, but he's such a well-written character that I think he's, gonna, he's definitely going to have a big role to play in Book 7, but I think it may cost him his life. How about Harry himself? Oh, that's the really devastating one, because I have a lot of fears for Harry. <laughs> um, I think in a lot of ways, the the more I think, I probably lean toward, people are going to hate me, but 
um, I really lean toward the idea that I think he's going to have to offer his own life as a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But I think that he's going to do it in such a way that he's definitely going to be the hero and Mm -hmm. we will admire him for his tremendous courage. And we'll be in tears, but we'll know that he has done a truly great and courageous thing. Because we've had, I think, some foreshadowing in Half-Blood Prince because... I mean, as he identifies with his parents, Mm -hmm. I think that he, you know, he he loves the things that he really loves about his parents are that they were these courageous people who were not afraid to to risk their lives for the sake of the good. Mm -hmm. But I'm really hoping it doesn't come to that. So (laughs) because I would love to see, you know, I think Harry's going to come close. And I think the story sort of demands that he be willing to take that risk. But I'm really hoping that he he doesn't die. But I kind of lean, I guess, on the side that I think he he may die in book seven, which will be devastating. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I've had a great time and I'm glad to hear some of your good thoughts. Thank you. You're welcome. See you around. Bye. Bye. Today's podcast is brought to you by Borders, your home for all sorts of spellbinding books, enchanting music, and magical Ooh. movies. Podcast listeners can enjoy 30% off from any item at Borders by clicking the Borders coupon on Pottercast.com. Visit BorderStores.com to locate the Borders near you. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums featuring special guest Steve Vanderark from the Harry Potter Lexicon. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? All right, welcome to another Canon Conundrums. We are back and we're chatting about interesting things in the canon. And I have to say, I'm very excited about this question we have for tonight. The question that we have is, what is Voldemort's ultimate plan? Um, now, why do we have this question tonight? We have this question tonight because uh, of Joe's wonderful response when uh, Voldemort was voted the, the nastiest villain of uh, in li- uh, literature, and uh, she came back and was telling about how Voldemort's ultimate plan is coming to fruition, and it's taking all of her attention right now, and boy, oh boy, sounds good to me. That it's unfolding in all of its grisly glory. Yes, yes, that was it. <laughs> all of its grisly glory. That's a great glory. quote. Oh, isn't that awesome? Oh. Very cool. So, oh. I think most of us are never going to want to read book seven. I think that's what it's, what it's going to come down to. Yeah, I mean, does it give anybody else the idea that there's this whole other storyline of what he's been doing going on that we've all had no idea about that's just waiting for us in book seven wow. i do because she said that he gets finally gets the leg room for which yes. he's been aching for yes. i mean what leg room to do what yeah because it's do not what, just huh? voldemort i want to take over the world end of story there's got to be it's there's more to it mm-hmm. than that so mm-hmm. well you know what's interesting because you you did that poll and mm-hmm. you put that up and people were like well maybe it's just take over hogwarts i mean i'm sure you could see that but mm-hmm. I, I think it's something a little bit more than that. I don't. I mean, there probably sh- should be. There's that poll on Leaky about it now, and there mm-hmm. probably there probably should be an extra option. But I was tired, um, <laughs> and, and I really just wanted to write that he wants to dance. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, that was a given too. <laughs> that's the reason you do these polls is for the it's for, it's for the joke at the end. But um, there should have been another option that it's something else. But I know that the way that discussion happens on those polls that that mm-hmm. that else was going to get discussed in the comments anyway sure. so right right well you know if you read you know if you go back and read through the canon the real mm-hmm. impression i get is that his ultimate goal is immortality okay but yeah. but yes. that's, she keeps that's, saying that but there's something else here it's not that yeah. i don't think i think that's almost a, a means to another end 
why does he want to be immortal? Mm. You know, um, and now he's kind of got that with his horcruxes, and so now. What's going to happen? Well, is it is it taking over Hogwarts, for example? You know, that's not such a small thing, if you think about it. Yeah, but I just don't think he's going to. Mm-hmm. You know how she's Dumbledore said that he's like magpie. He, he has like he likes to collect things. Right. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that he maybe he just wants Hogwarts is uh, a charm on his charm yeah, I don't know that he would actually want to see himself as headmaster. You know, does that make yeah, any sense? Because right. I don't view him. I view him as a psychopath and and yeah. not someone that's like really into like going to lead a bunch of students. Yeah, I think you're you right. Know? I think you're I right. could see it being, you know, more of a strategic thing. You know, he'd want. Well, and and also in whatever sense you could think that Voldemort is sentimental, which is probably a wrong word to apply to him. But you know, he's got these weird associations with things, and I think Hogwarts is certainly a place that he you know, is important to him. And he wants it, you know, maybe he wants it to be run the way he thinks it should be Well, and Dumbledore says in Half-Blood Prince that that's probably almost more than any person the one thing he loves, if you will use it. He doesn't love, I don't think. And if he thinks he's the heir of Slytherin, well, what's Mm -hmm. Slytherin's, you know, what was his great work supposed to be? Oh, yeah, and he got kicked out, remember? That's a way, yeah. It's almost like coming back. Well, Slytherin wanted to teach magic only to purebloods. He wanted to control the magic that way. And controlling Hogwarts would essentially be controlling the wizarding future of exactly. Europe. Yeah, just like... That would just be a like, great you know, way for him to knocking keep off Ollivander. over yeah. everything. Right. You know, not Europe, but Eastern, mm-hmm. uh, Western Europe anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, part of this whole plan thing with Voldemort, I was reading, I was reading on, on our forums. There are a couple of great threads about this. And somebody brought up that at the end of Half-Blood Prince, when Snape and... Draco are fleeing. Snape says, Have you forgotten our orders? Potter belongs to the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. We are to leave him. So they're not supposed to... That, that and then we are to leave him. Those five words. So yeah. they had discussed the possibility of just of snatching Potter and taking him. They're supposed to leave him at Hogwarts. Why? What? Doesn't it have to do with his protection, though? I mean, doesn't he... I mean, doesn't, I think maybe Voldemort realizes that there's still a little bit of protection that even if Dumbledore is dead, that there is still some sort of protection that will will disappear when he's 17, maybe? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, 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 are there, I, I don't know. Why leave him? Why leave him? Can we literally right. take that as, well, were they trying to take him or were they trying to fight him and kill him? I think they were just trying to fight him. Yeah. Or maybe Dr- or maybe Draco was about to do something to him or something, and Snape just said, "No, we 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 are to leave him." Yeah. But you know, at this point, Voldemort's we are to leave him, even though in Voldemort's calculations, Dumbledore is dead. Well, he did. Right. Right. You but know? there's the whole thing of you know was was Snape simply saying that because yeah, he did not want to yeah. he wanted to have a a real obvious or slightly excuse for not for not killing. Potter, you know, because but look what, if but he's look what good. he said. Have you for have you forgotten our orders? That mm-hmm. means Draco got the orders too. It means yeah. it's not something Snape's making up. But maybe he said, "Don't kill him" or something. And I guess, but but yeah, but but think about it in terms of an ultimate plan. What does he want Harry for then? Assuming that Voldemort right. needs Harry, I mean, if he's got the Horcruxes, he already has virtual immortality what does he need harry for is it the seventh horcrux is it you know what is it about (laughs) what is it about harry that don't kill him i need him for what well i think it's got to come down to the blood yeah Mm. here we are back in mr blood Blood. Uh, i mean (laughs) i could do even the things John has done to this podcast. Yeah, I never thought i'd be in a mr blood discussion (laughs) well you weren't but you started it I think she said it a fraction of a second before I did. Oh, okay, all right. But, so, so again, if he's going to take Harry, assuming that Voldemort wants to have Harry specifically for something, what would that be? 
Is it the blood, the the protection in the blood? No, but I didn't say the protection in the blood, oh, but I, I do think that if he needs Harry for something, the only hint we've been given as to what he might want from him or what they share or whatever is something to do with the blood or something to do with the secret of maybe maybe the wands, maybe maybe why they were destined for mm. these wands and we're back to last week's mm-hmm. discussion. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, maybe it's just me, but I just think a lot of Voldemort's psychology has a lot to do with it. And I just think that maybe he just wants to have a big showdown by himself with, with Harry. And I think his personality would be such that he would take great pleasure in being the one to actually finally destroy Harry at a place where he thought that would make the most impact. You know, that's true, yeah. Sue. Think about his behavior at the end of uh, Goblet of Fire, where he wanted to have the yeah. whole duel and do it properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grandstanding, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was his whole goal at that point. He was ready to kill him at that point. In other mm-hmm. words, he, he had taken his lessons in overlord stupidity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of my yeah. favorite lists on the entire internet. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and I'll I'll go back to what what I've said many times is that, you know, I'm looking forward to Voldemort in book seven to just act like a real villain. I'm I'm sick of him being such a wuss. You know, he's got a bunch of Death Eaters who can't aim, who, you know, can't fight a bunch of teenagers. You know, he's just, he's got a, he's, he's really not a real threatening villain at all in the books right now. I can't wait to see what, what happens if he really cuts loose. It was really um, sort of chilling to hear her to hear her talk about this plan he has that we haven't been able to see because he's been in the shadows all mm-hmm. this time. So it sounds right. like we're going to get so much Voldemort's stage time and we're really finally going to understand his... What, what makes this guy tick? What, why is he doing this? Yeah, he wants to cheat death, but why? Mm-hmm. Why? And why this way? Well, in a sense, if he does take over the world, what's he going to do with it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what's he want it for? So speaking of taking over the world, though, I mean, do you think that he wants to just eradicate the Ministry of Magic? I mean, would that be one of his plans? Or would he just try and just take it over and like, you know, I, I want to say like a establish his regime and let his like Malfoy and Bellatrix or whatever do all that stuff. I, you know, I kind of wonder about, well, if he's gathering this army, say all meanwhile, he's been, you know, recruiting the goblins and the Dementors. What, what, what is he going to do with these, this army? Is he going to try and just take over the ministry? Is he going to take over Durmstrang? What about Bobatons? I mean, well, wait, wait, I don't wait, know. wait, yeah. What about the whole Muggle world? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if he's if he's why would he limit himself to the wizarding world? He doesn't care. Yeah, he's I imagine kill the muggles. He, he just cares so little for them. Right. I think he wants to kill them or well, just he already has killed just, some. They're just sort of yeah. in the way. That was one of the marks you know? of the previous wars that there was a lot of muggle killings, you know. Yeah. I think that it's seemed he, almost I think like it was sees... done more for fun. <laughs> as sick as it sounds, like, you know, that Yeah. But I think he sees um the muggle world i mean he sees wizards as superior to muggles exactly. so therefore if he takes over the wizard world then he's just in charge of the world and the muggles are an inconvenience sure. he can either make them do what he wants or kill them but he yeah. would yeah. certainly i mean you think about the fact that the wizarding world has since you know the end of the 1600s has been completely cut off from the muggle world and if he would break down that barrier and and uh you know we would suddenly have those two worlds colliding again with him riding, you know, roughshod over the whole thing. I mean, that's a that's a pretty scary picture. Sure. It reminds me of the end of Aladdin. Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up in that big he's like that big red monster. He's like phenomenal cosmic powers. Eat a little space. In a bottle. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but it's, it does it because it's such a scary... The magic is sort of part of that world, but not in the common... Mm-hmm. In, in a lot. And then all of a sudden, there's this overlord mm-hmm. and the people sure. don't sort quite know how to deal. So you can imagine these muggles just completely at a loss. Right. Oh, that wonderful line at the end of chapter one, Half-Blood Prince. Well, can't you guys do magic? And well, you have to understand, they can do magic too. I mean, for muggles to even oh, comprehend right. the battle that's going on and... and I think it would be an incredible scene to have that magical world come crashing into into our world. It's quite so. She did. She did say that the, the, the division between the Muggle and Wizarding world is complete. She said that in an interview. She said it they, that they yeah. won't ever. And she also said that Voldemort's plan is European domination first, right? Before That's he true. goes for the world. That's true. Here's my question. She says that he has this leg room now, so obviously mm-hmm. something's changed. Some big things well, changed at the end well, of the not Dumbledore. Yeah. Well, obviously. What else do you think? What else? Well, is he going to finally just unleash his Death Eaters? You know, I mean, even even in Half-Blood Prince, it's there's no wide-open battles, except for the Battle of the Tower at the end. But everything apart mm-hmm. from that is just a single person killed here. Uh, you know, if somebody disappears here, it's, it's never this massive, big, violent attack. Nothing you would call grizzly, really. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Bill laying there in a in a pool of blood Ooh. is grizzly. Let's face okay, it. But it's yeah. mostly yeah. small things. Right. Well, Fenrir picks kind of Bill warfare. out of his teeth. Oh so. golly, yes. That's just that's pretty a- nasty. Okay, you know what I was thinking about? You said things what had changed. Yeah. After Voldemort came back and had his rebirth, did he? If he have, his plans might have changed before, because before it seemed to me that his his primary quest was immortality. Right. And now that he has his body back. Maybe his plans has changed now that he has all of his horcruxes in place. At some point during the events of book five and book six, that he was off securing the last of his horcruxes. And then he could make, now he could change and say, okay, now that I've achieved in his mind his immortality, that he could start to put together something else. And that's mm-hmm. why I think that it's happened. I think so. He's totally secured that. And I think what changed is that he's, forgive the stupidness of this, but it just mm-hmm. seems like he's broadened his perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, that I, makes it, sense. It does, because yeah. it harkens back to book two when he said, killing Muggleborns doesn't matter to me anymore. Yeah. And once you're immortal, I mean, then you've got, yeah. like, yeah, what else is there? Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, you got to figure the out something Tuck else to problem. do. Yeah. I can just see him standing there. I am so bored. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now what? <laughs> he knows that he lost one, right? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Does he? He might think he has seven, but doesn't know that Dumbledore killed he, one. He, and right. so therefore... He knows about the diary, right? Because does seven make him unbreakable? Does seven make him immortal? That's the, that's the weird thing. Sue, what you're talking about, you said secure all his horcruxes, but my impression and I'd have to go back and reread because I wasn't thinking about this, but my impression is that he doesn't really have good track of his horcruxes. That he, because no. Dumbledore suggested that he doesn't know that some of them are, like the, the ring is gone, the, mm. you know, that he just doesn't Lock realize. It. And if that's yeah. the case, uh, you know, he may be, you know, having a little bit of false security going on here. Yeah. Thinking that, that uh, everything's going to be just hunky-dory. It'd be kind of fun to watch him when he realizes that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I left it here somewhere. I know there's a horcrux <laughs> here somewhere. Yeah. Oh, rats. I Where did I write locket. that down? Yeah. Oh, I can never find my horcrux. <laughs> <in there. laughs> it's like your car keys, you know. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. And there's Mundungus Fletcher <laughs> walking down the street with a horcrux. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he did. He did demand control of the ministry. That's right. You're absolutely right. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted Fudge to step aside. That is. is I can't see him like running it 
like I think he just wants it, and then well, he's the getting rid of the getting like, rid of the power yeah. structure of of the wizarding yeah, world, exactly. yeah. and we're him more with like. You know, well, just giving dictates and commands, not, you know, working right. in some kind of bureaucracy, <laughs> bureaucracy. As, as the minister of magic. Yeah, I just can't see that either. No. It doesn't quite suit him. No, immortality huh. would start to become just a living hell at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. so. More paperwork, yeah. your lordship. <laughs> Those TPS reports. Oh. Um. Just, you know, it'd be, but but I think, you know, we're, we're, we're still talking about this whole idea of what is there besides just taking over? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he, his plans seem bigger than that. Well, Gosh. sure. Maybe doesn't it have to do with his the mud blood and the and the pure blood okay. thing. I mean, yeah. do you think that has? I mean, sure, that's that's been an underlying theme this whole the that's whole true. time. Yeah. That's true. And I, I don't, I just yeah. don't see her <clears throat> letting oh. that just go. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I mean, I, mean, I don't know that he's any sort of wants a master like a genocidal plan here but i just think he would like and let the death eaters go do what they want to do i think at some point maybe i don't know all that's considered is it could it really just be his plan to take over to just to just i mean isn't it a little trite for us to say well he's an overlord he wants to take over is that so trite though if you think about taking over the entire basically the entire world that's not such a little thing I mean, that wouldn't be such a letdown if you think about it, especially if you're going to do it in a way which results in grisly plans. Well, there's the thing. What are the grisly plans? Because she said a million times, oh, he, he wants to take over. He wants to dominate. He wants to do this. There are other grisly plans that hmm. are well, different le- than that. Unleashing the werewolves is certainly grisly. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's not only, if you think about that, that's actually, you know, uh, taking the wizarding population itself and perverting it and changing it and and infecting mm-hmm. it, you know that's scary too. And if you you know if you if you think about his war in a sense is on a way of life, you know he looks at the wizarding world and says nope, it's got to be my way. It's got to be a different a different mindset, a different way of living, a different way of existing. You know that's that is a pretty big thing. Yeah, Steve, that is so right. I, I agree with that. I just think that's what he wants. I mean, I just think that he's... I mean, but we're coming back to what, what has been said. This is my contention. Like, yes, we know Voldemort wants to take over. That's what's mm-hmm. been said since any right. overlord wants to take over. But what we're, what we're discussing what is, like, is, yeah, to what end? What is he actually... Like what, he wants to shape the world in some way. In his like, own way, yes. Yeah, and... You know, I guess that's what we're talking about. And what's interesting is he, that what we've been talking about here before and now in the last little bit is that if he wouldn't do anything, he'd probably be closer to his own way than it will end up as. Yeah, you know? he's going to be the one that that, that that destroys it all, that brings it all crashing down on his own head. Like, I really believe that he cannot be one of these great villains without one of these great flaws that causes his own yeah, downfall. Yeah, well, be. I think, yeah, I agree Love. With that. Love, like, love, <laughs> inability to love, How about a and nice his own ego. Kiss. I think his own ego will Three. be part of his own downfall. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. If there's going to be a, a, a final battle, where do you guys think it's going to be? I mean, and that's another kind of. I just really think it's going to be Hogwarts. I really do. Me too. I do. Too. I just it's just yeah. see, that's the star of the show. I, I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a massive battle at Hogwarts for control of the world and and Harry's way of defeating him is going to be something completely, utterly unexpected. Much as I would love to see it be a wand turning into a rubber fish, I think it's <laughs> I think yeah. it's really going to be Harry is going to suddenly go. 
no, that's not the way to do it. And suddenly right. go a different direction, and that's going to be, a, you know, you can just see I mean, Baltimore's he has to, he has to get little to that snaky face going, what? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's going to have some in- instinctual, yeah. and everybody's going to think he's crazy. What are you doing? Harry, and Harry will just know. Yep. Yeah. I know this is right, and Hermione right. is yeah. going to be harping on him, and Ron yeah, is going to be saying, whatever you want to do, mate, I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. And Ginny well, is, yeah. is going to be standing there looking at him with that lovely look on her face, and he's going to mm-hmm. take gonna a look at Ginny. They're going to make out, and Voldemort's going to melt. No, no, no. <laughs> well, okay, a little bit, but... <laughs> we'll okay, but you know it'll See, be that. I, I'm just the opposite of that. I'm of the opposite mindset. That's, I actually think that, that there will be. You a don't think they're going to make out? Oh yeah, that no, that part I do. Oh, okay. um, they're going to have for sure when they have their twelve babies in two. Oh um, boy, twelve! Well, that was a leap. Okay, anyway. I know. Sorry, but I, I just actually think that there will be a confrontation at Hogwarts, but I think the final end will take place away from there, and I okay. think where. It'll be a smaller affair? Or yes. Or do you think it'll be a I, I do, yeah. and I think it might be at some place like Godric's Hollow. Godric's Hollow. Or, mm. uh-huh. An intimate uh, full uh, circle I think it will. Yeah, I, I will. I, and that's that's what I think. It's, that, it will come full okay, circle. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense to me mm-hmm. now that you say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that so last I, moment, it I'm will be somewhere. I'm still not convinced somewhere. there will be a big knockout drag-out no. war, though. You yeah. don't think so? Grizzly plan? You don't think there's going to be buckets of blood? I know, but it just doesn't seem like... I don't. It just seems. Are so you saying you don't think she dares do that? <laughs> I think she. No, does. I don't. I, I, I think it's just. I don't think she wanted to dwell on all that. Like I think she's more interested in the person. You know, maybe it'll be like going on in the background. You know, right. the orders off here fighting some Death Eaters. Blah blah blah. But Harry's doing something else. Were you, Were any of you as as kind of startled as I was when Frenrir was talking about eating Dumbledore and picking stuff out of his teeth and. <laughs> That was like, oh my goodness. Gross, this, yeah. But, you know, it was like, that kind of took it to a new level that I was... But that's mm-hmm. which, which was J- wonderful, but, oh, wow. But when J.K. Rowling... would be. That's why this is such an alarm bell. When J.K. Rowling is calling something grisly, I mean, come on. Yeah, she's done grisly. Yeah. Grisly doesn't mean, like, all out war. It could just be some horrible, like, brutal disgusting blood all over you know well she does say unfold yeah. the plans are unfolding and all their grisly glory so mm-hmm. i i mean I'll, I'll save it for a final wrap-up i guess but which, <laughs> yeah. which, which i think we're i think we're heading up on right oh. now okay yeah because oh. i think those that grizzly could be those goblins and the the giants melissa you yeah, yeah that's true yeah. i mean are we gonna see a, are we gonna see a massive battle in the you know tolkien sense where you have these vast yeah. armies of creatures you know and what? good guys and bad guys all I, sweeping across the plain and meeting I in really, the middle and i really want that you do? i know it's weird i mean i want i want the big the big confrontation downfall moment with voldemort to be very personal very harry and voldemort very yeah. you know mm-hmm. but i want dumbledore's army i want them out yeah. there kicking but i want them i want them as the good side i want them to grow in number by a thousand mm-hmm. i want them to be doing it for dumbledore sure. on yeah. hogwarts grounds defending it I, I want that and i don't oh, know if this, is, if this is actually the book series but could you just <sighs> imagine it I, I do. I, I, I know. I know exactly what you mean. I want. I want to see us all. I want to see it all come to a huge crashing mess and and yes. glory. And I'm sorry. I know there's going to be people dying, and and I can just see poor Luna just oh, buying it. And 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 you know, <laughs> but, yeah. you know. But think about it. I mean, it has to be if it's that. But oh man. And we'll get to the end of book seven, and we're all going to be sitting there in, in tears, pouring down oh, our faces, God, going. I'm going to start from the beginning yeah. again. Terrible. All of yeah, us really. are going to be just a nightmare. We're going to be horrible. You know, we're all going to be just 
like we're not even going to talk to each other. We're all going to be just laying about. Catatonic. And, yeah. For so about that was a like week. the so first thought that I had when I saw this the, is the phrase plan. Dumbledore's Army. When I saw the phrase Dumbledore's Army, I just said to myself, oh my God, Army die. after Dumbledore. Yeah. No, no, just just this whole idea of mm-hmm. an army in Dumbledore's mm-hmm. name because Voldemort's clearly building an army and he's building this army and it is going to, to, to become a big army in book seven. It seems to mm-hmm. be that mm-hmm. he's recruiting this, this, this army, but there does exist something called Dumbledore's Army. That's right. And it's yeah. not going to be in vain, you know? Oh, man. Fudge is afraid of. Oh, we can go on forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay, are we going to wrap this thing up here? Do you think? Yeah. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Who wants to go first? Sue, you want to go first? Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, well, I actually, th- I, I think that, that Voldemort wants to conquer Hogwarts, destroy the ministry, and establish himself as a, as a ruling uh, individual with his army. However, I think he will fail miserably. And I think he would also <laughs> like to take out as many of the um, mudbloods mm. and establish his... I think that that theme cannot be overlooked. I think his that uh, pure blood thing is not going to be un- unanswered in Book 7. I think that there's that's mm-hmm. part of his plans, too. Okay. Mm. What do you think, Jason? I think he wants... There's something... He needs to go back to Hogwarts for some reason. I think maybe... Maybe he even, you know, maybe there's something more to the Chamber of Secrets. I think that he's still harboring some ideas of trying to fulfill um, what he sees as the legacy of Salazar Slytherin. And, um, you know, that kind of drives the ultimate aim that he sees. But, you know, in general, everything Sue said, he wants to basically rule everything as, you know, the guy who everyone does what he says and he wants to shape the world as he sees fit. And mm-hmm. that's that. I think that... Um the line of Hagrid's in book one where he says he didn't dare try taking the school, not then, in book mm. one, is a port, was a portent, that that's going to be the big... I mean, he will get control of the ministry in the beginning of book seven because the ministry are fools, and he will eventually try and complete his strong, stronghold on uh, Britain by trying yeah. to get Hogwarts under his mm-hmm. thumb, and that will be where he fails. So I think his... The, the biggest goal we're going to try, we're going to see him try to achieve will be Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to see him try to get into I, the headmaster's I, office. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Naming every candy he can think of. You know. Yeah, and but, it's just sealing itself <laughs> shut. I, okay, I, I really see Voldemort as being the personification of the, of the breaks in the culture, in the, in the society of the wizarding world. And I think that as, the, as book seven goes along, as his plan starts to come to fruition, we're going to see that those prejudices and those fears and those hatreds of other, other people who are not like us, I think we're going to see that all start to uh, just tear the wizarding world apart. And I think that his goal is to totally destroy all of the the fabric of society and that he will uh tear apart all of the build on all the prejudices and um take all the 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 everything that makes up wizarding society and also break into muggle society and i think that's what his goal is going to be is to completely annihilate basically society as we know it and then reinvent it once he's kind of defeated i mean i can almost see scar taking over uh you know pride rock in lion king when you (laughs) get back there and the whole place is totally different you know that's the second disney movie we've referenced but look at look at look at what an incredibly different world 
came about yes. because of Scar. I mean, it wasn't just different people. The, the the sky was a different color. Everything was just bad and wrong. And so what'll happen then is Harry will be at that last moment and whether I kind of think it will be Hogwarts, but I love that idea of maybe Godric's Hollow, but that last moment where something will click and he will say, No, 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 I've been going at this wrong and Ron and Hermione will say no, it can't be. And he'll say yes, and he'll take that step of mm-hmm. yeah. totally right, insane. That has got to be the dumbest thing you could possibly do, and it will be the right thing. And that like sticking a fang into a book, exactly. And yeah. and what will happen is the the you know the sun will come out and. Uh, don't sing, don't sing, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, the clouds will part, the rainbow will come out, and then Harry gets to go kiss Ginny. Well, I'm not going to disagree with that. I have 12 babies. Yeah. That's right. Well, this has been another edition of Canon Conundrums. Can- yes, oh, it's for John. Canon Conundrums, however he does it. Conundrums. Conundrums. <laughs> Conundrums. Sorry. We will and announce- we only mentioned Dawlish once. I did not That's hear anybody right. say Dobby was free. Mr. Blood Aww. came up briefly, but we squashed it. I think we did well. <laughs> squashed. I mean, without John, what are we really here for? You know, we That's had a true. very large representation of John in this kind of conundrums. Actually, yeah, no kidding. yeah he's basically <laughs> everywhere, kind of like he Voldemort. Is. You know, Whoa. excellent. Ooh. We're like Dumbledore, you know. Okay, as long as there are people who still say his stupid jokes, he'll never really be gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, good grief. Oh, I think you killed me. We love you, John. Yeah. <laughs> Hard it's... as it may be to believe. Okay, I think Are it's we done? Yeah, 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 we should stop. I think yeah, we should. Stop. <laughs> All right, well, that was our... Our, the bulk of Pottercast 55. A little bit of a... Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Drummy. A little bit of a light show this week, but that's because we're gearing up for... Say it with me. Big old leaky mug. No. Well, that. There's a big old leaky mug coming. Yes, that's right. If you haven't, go to leakymug.com. RSVP for the leaky mug, which will be in California at the borders on Westwood. uh, July 20... uh, July. September 28th at 7 p.m. So RSVP there. We've got... I mean, last time I checked, we were only 350. Um... They do. They do like that site. There are also yeah, they, links if you want, like, a mug or something. We have Cafe Press material. Or a wall stuff. clock. And t-shirts are coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Actually, we're going to have t-shirts there at the show. Yes. Cool. If you're so, there and you want to buy a shirt, you, you know, could go ahead and do that. Yeah. So be sure to, be sure to you know, there'll be world exclusives, and then afterwards we'll put them on the web. Totally. And, yeah, so that's coming. We also have coming here on Pottercast a filk show. Ooh, the yay. mighty Filks make their return. The Broadway Filks, I can't wait. Broadway, come on, John. What are you going to sing? I'm Broadway. I don't know. I haven't decided. You already sang a Broadway show, the song, the Wicked song. I saw a video on YouTube. Oh, I didn't. I didn't act in any videos. Well, they <laughs> set you to the video. You know, you know how the fans do it. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. I love I love searching my name on YouTube. You never know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> oh, God. That was like a box of chocolates. Um, what songs are you singing, Melissa? Oh, I'm singing the I'm Not Singing song. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's a very entertaining song. What do you think she should, it's uh, totally silent. She should uh, sing, Sue? Oh, I don't know. I want her to sing Hard Knock Life. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Heavy. I think someone's doing that, actually. I was. Oh, cool. No way, really? For the yes. weeklies? Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. If there's a song where it's all speaking, I'll sing it. Mm, um, mm, mm. I can't think of anything like that. Yeah, that's why they call it a song. You just sent about uh, <laughs> a dozen people to Broadway.com or wherever else you look for yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> Anyway, um, we are, we are, we will get the impersonations, Paul. Up, we promise. <laughs> yeah, we won't. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you suck, man. Well, one announcement on that front. Uh, we apologize, obviously. You are disqualified. <laughs> yes. You have received so much <laughs> replaying of that clip. Um, if you ever are in the area of Melissa, she owes you a kiss from Melissa for your troubles. I'll, we'll, if you ever come to a leaky mug, you let us know and we'll have something for you. That would be cool. Yes. I would like to meet that person. I would like to meet that person, too. <laughs> It's so great you can do it like, right at the back of your throat. Is really yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so I get to see you guys again soon. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Oh, how crazy is this? Crazy. I'm excited. Um, I know some of you have been asking for a leaky mug in London. Guys, dude, you don't understand. You, you don't understand. It. We're going to get there and be there for like 12 hours and get on a plane and leave. And you're going to deal with cranky pants, Melissa, cranky pants, John. I love not cranky good. pants, John. I know you love. I, I know you love cranky pants, Melissa. I love I my know own you pants. Do. Cranky pants, Melissa. <laughs> I don't know. The, the phrase "run the other direction" pops to mind. <laughs> true. I, I don't know. That's true. You guys don't and get to see that side. We can ask some other boys for their stories. <laughs> they have stories. That's true. I have stories of cranky pants. All of them as well. So. Oh, I love cranky pants, Emerson. Though. See, that doesn't really exist. Oh, he was the biggest cranky pants. Oh, yes, he was. <laughs> That's right. That's You'll right. never hear that story, Coach. Ever. I apologize. Ever. Um, okay. So you just else. sent a f- dozen fangirls, a million fangirls. A dozen? <laughs> Sorry. Freaking. Pretty much. Scores of them. Yeah. Scores. Um, um, we just, someone just had a birthday, didn't he? Who? Yes, well, he did. could that be? You I wanted did. to hear... About your day, were there any birthday burritos or what was your day? I got some very nice gifts in the mail. Cool. From some fans. Um, mm. I, I got a. Um, what are, what are, what was the question? <laughs> what did you get for your birthday? How was your day? Just general. How, was How does my it day? feel? <laughs> I feel. feel I don't feel much older. I think it's fun to have one of those cool age numbers that is like backwards, like the same as it is. Mm-hmm. Forward, I like crazy things a like that. Palindrome age. Yeah. But what's the deal about you know twenty two? What does it mean? It doesn't mean a whole lot. It means in a couple of years I can rent a car, but after that, there's no more ages that no, there's mean like anything nothing. privileges wise. Yeah. Other well, than my car insurance will significantly decrease yeah. soon as well. <laughs> Yay! That's always good news. Joy, more bills. Exciting. Yeah, so much fun being much. an adult. <laughs> oh yeah, bills I'm, are great. I'm officially the age that, um, um, you know, Van Rad will be by the time the seventh movie is made, which is all just about, yeah, yeah. just about. You got to think it'll be pretty close, isn't it? About 21, four years from now, about 21. He's almost 18 in a few months or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, he just had his birthday. No, he just had his birthday. He's 17. So in four years, so he'll be 21. Uh, Who's the oldest? Is it Rupert? Uh, Well, isn't, isn't Tom Felton? Oh, of the three of them. Oh, Tom oh, Felton's older, but, yeah. you know. 
Of the three of them, it's Rupert. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's 18 already, I think. How old will Tom Felton be? He's already 19 or 18? I think so. I don't, you know. He's out. We could send you to some sites. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I have another reason for saying about birthdays, because today is Sunday, when you're hopefully when you're hearing this, and it's a special. I'm sorry for the personal note, but my little boy, Andrews, oh. is his birthday today, so I want to oh. say happy birthday happy. to my little boy. Oh, happy birthday, oh, Andrew. Andy. Yay. Um, Have a good know, one, dude. Yes, I'm excited. Are you making him a cake, Sue? Can you bake cakes? I can. I make good. I'm a good baker. Oh. I'm a terrible cook, but I'm a good baker. So, you know, yeah, I'm the exact opposite of that. I cannot bake to save my life, but you want some meatballs? Yeah, John, that's worked direction. well for you in the past. Yeah, we've all excellent meatballs. <laughs> yeah, crispy one ones, One time too. I screw up my meatballs, and they didn't even burn. They're just... Place almost. <laughs> no, there. just the face. Just you're just. But the your meatballs were in perfect burnt. condition. <laughs> if that's what no. it takes to make perfect meatballs, John, I think you should maybe not do them anymore. Yeah. Hey, you know you've never maybe had not. my meatballs. You I really one. haven't. You'll, you'll walk to meatballs. Kilimanjaro and back for the meatballs. Oh, how about how about <laughs> Azerbaijan? <laughs> I prefer Azerbaijan, and that's an idiot's joke. So. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. Too well, we funny had- for me over my head. Well, you gotta watch oh. it. You loved you it when you watch watched it. it. I did. I did Wait. have fun watching it, didn't I? Yes, you did. <sighs> John. Well, um, hey, vote for us on pod- Podcast Alley. Podcast that, Alley? How did we that check that in uh, I actually haven't checked it. Let's go look. In a Crookshanks age. In, in a, in a Mujka age. <laughs> in a Dollish age. No, there's no such thing. No, I, I assure you there is. We are at I- number six. Nice. It's on the top ten. That's nice. Very nice. It's lovely. It's nice that all these people go vote. I think that rocks. It's very nice. Yeah, it's really cool. cool. Good stuff. Um, What else? Um, I don't know. What's coming up next week? Do we have any previews for next week? Um, next week I'm working on um, an extendable ears. Hopefully it comes. Hopefully it comes in soon. With a friend of mine who used to do special effects. <gasps> Excellent. So really? we, it's just a scheduling thing. His name is Michael, and we'll have more information on that when we have it. Oh, so, I mean, it's cool. just like a scheduling thing. That's why there's been no extendable years, because there's like a scheduling nightmare happening right now. And then we have our film show, and then we should have some good stuff coming later. Later. Sweet. And that's it. Well, fancy that, guys. That's the end of a 55 and I gotta say, okay. for a show called 55, it's the best one we've done by such a name, I'd have to say. It is. You're right, it is. Yeah. Well, it I, is. I'm gonna go play with Mushka. Do you know that I sent her to cuteoverload.com and they haven't put her up yet? What? What is that really? website? What is that? They just put up... Cuteoverload.com. Cute. Yeah, they put up, like, the, the cutest cat and bunny and dog images you've ever oh, seen in your life. Oh, you. I have the cutest cat in the world. Anali. She is, and I—I I mean, everybody should know this. Everybody Why? thinks that everything is the cutest in the she world. She is the cutest in the world. I'm sorry. As long as she has a fan club or anything. She has a fan club. Do you know this? She has a fan club. I'm sorry that I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm—I promise that I'll soon be out of the stage where I'm talking about her nonstop. I promise. Mm-hmm. You know, new animal. You know. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a, it's a mom thing too. It's I mean, a mom I can, thing. I can—I can relate. She's my, baby. She's my shoulder right now. She says hi. I All gotta right. give a big shout out to everybody in Bowling Green who just witnessed the brand new opening of a 
uh, Chipotle in the area, the first one <laughs> in northwest Ohio. Yahoo! Had a, I had a free burrito day that was on my birthday, September 7th. No way. It was like a little tribute. It's awesome. But it, they lined up the, around the buildings to get in for their free burrito. I don't blame them. I would have went in that line about 10 times. Just hey to man! Say I had ten free burritos. BGSU is a great school, and this it is. my sister goes there. It's a very good school, and and you know when you're a college college student, you know nothing like free food. So I'm sure, I'll them. probably be up there um, on the twelfth. I'll be up there at the Bowling Green Chipotle. I don't know when, but <laughs> stop by if you actually oh, want to listen to podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. Come see John. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Talk about a new mom thing. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I love stop it. with me. <sighs> stop with right, you. Kids. Okay. Well, well it's time end. to go. It is. Yeah, Did you guys yeah. announce your new Canon Conundrums topic for next week? No, we didn't. Check out podcast.com for that update. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because um, when we said that in the past, we've followed up on it. Sure. Right. Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, there's enough weeks in the year for 13 months. Just go! You're wasting time. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. Bye, everyone. Have a good We've had requests for us to sing happy birthday to John. Yeah. Yes, where is the happy birthdays to John? I won't be singing. But Sue, if you want to sing happy birthday oh, to John. Melissa. Oh, Melissa. I sing in I my heart, I feel so John. loved. I sing in my heart. You yeah. know. Happy you know my heart sings. Happy birthday to John. Mm. I sing the song. <laughs> Don't yawn. <laughs> we love you, dear John Noe. And I'll just sing up so we can get on with the showy. Okay. <laughs> 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 